0: the preaching podcast, um, Ralph Jacobson, who was one of the commentators, he told this joke. It pertains to Psalm 139. He says, you can knit a Norwegian sweater, but only God can knit a Norwegian. <laughs> I'm so glad it's cold today because there's so many Norwegian sweaters in here. <laughs> it's so great. Well, today we're going to look at both 139, that psalm, and this end of the chapter of 1 of John as well. We're going to use 139 as kind of a, a foundation for our relationship with God, and then we're going to look at how God calls us. And so, looking at 139, the verses that we have there, we learn three things. Three things about our God. One is God knows all. God is omniscient is what we call that. God knows all. God knows all of our inmost thoughts, all of our frailties and failings, all of our gifts and talents, all of what we are feeling and what we are experiencing and um, and who we are. So that's number one. That's a great foundation for us that God knows us. The second thing is God is always with us, which is omnipresence, right? And so God is with us. But we have been reminded of this in the birth of Jesus, Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. God never leaves us and is with us all the time, never leaves us alone, is with us our whole entire lives. And number three in this psalm that we learn is that we hear of God's creative powers within us. He creates each of us uniquely, and we are to bear God's image. Each of us is created by God, and Christ dwells in each of us. In this season of epiphany, which is revelation, um, revealing God to the world, in the season of epiphany, um, it's God continues to reveal God's self, and God reveals God's self through us, and so God gives us each other And we are an epiphany to one another, the image of our God with a piece of the knowledge of God. So God knows us deeply, intimately. God is with us always and forever. And God has created us uniquely and created us for this world and for one another. And so here we are, this is the foundation that we look at our Gospel of John. So the Gospel of John is about um, Philip finding Philip and Nathaniel and calling them to follow him. You've heard the three themes that I have found in this Gospel. The first one is finding. So Jesus finds Philip, Philip finds Nathaniel, and um, Philip and Nathaniel say that they have found the one who God has sent, in Jesus. So God finds us again, knows all, is with us, and will always find us in our lives. And it is nice to be found in that. Um, that way, we're never lost, right? The second part of this is again. Following. And you heard me with the children today that when we play follow the leader, that's exactly what we do. We do what the leader does, right? So we might be marching, we might be clapping, we might be flapping. But in this case, when we follow Jesus, then we are loving and we are serving and we are compassionate and we are accepting and we have grace for one another. That's what it means to follow Jesus. We follow Jesus, and we do as Jesus has done. And the third one, Jesus invites us to come and see. Come and see, and you will see greater things than these. Now, that's the one I think that we could grow on today. That's the one I'd like to focus on today. Have you ever had someone say, I see you. I see you. I see you. I think so often we don't really see each other. I think we see past each other. I think we see through each other. I think we don't want to to always see each other clearly and up close. It's like the news station, right? When they are going to show something that might be graphic or hard to see, they'll say, just a warning, you may want to look away. Well, that is what we do a lot. I think we've gotten used to not really interacting with each other. I think partly that has um, to do with our COVID, that yes, it was really hard to be away from each other at first, but did any of you find that when you were in your house more and more, it became easier and easier to just be there? There are a lot of people who have not come back, and it's not, um, and they may have the health reasons, but more often than not, we hear, and no offense to the you people that are watching us online or anything, I'm not picking on you, but that um, it's just easier, right, to watch it online, in your pajamas, sipping your cup of coffee, and again, not picking on you. But we... Um, but then it keeps you removed, right? You're one more step removed from the people in your life. You're one more step removed from the community. Yes, you hear the message, but you're not in the pews with each other asking about how your day is going. How are you doing? We're not seeing each other. The other part, I think, that is very much into this is social media, of course. We can't really escape it. Some of us are on it more than others. And we tend to only want to show the good things in life, right? How many of you have to look at the pictures and get approval from maybe your loved ones before you post them online to make sure that they all look okay in them, right? We want to show our best sides of ourselves. And then we just get so used to looking at screens and media that we forget to look at each other and interact with each other. I think that one of the the biggest um, impacts this has had has been on our children. They have had years where they couldn't be with each other in school. Those formative years where they needed to be in the same room with each other to um, to socialize and to interact and to learn what it means to be a friend, what it means to care for one another, what it means to pay attention to what another person's doing and to know how to navigate those waters. A friend of mine, um, we were talking, I have a group that we meet online, interesting, but um, in different places of Minnesota and the Midwest. So we come together and every week we talk together uh, face-to-face but through a screen but anyway my friend um, said that her kids are in college this year she has twins and another one that's two years older than the twins and through different circumstances they're all trying to find their way again in college and they are struggling to meet friends Actually, Emma said this to me. My daughter, she said when she started school in Duluth, she's like, "Um, how how do we meet people? How do do we make friends again? How, How do we do this? And sure enough, it takes a little bit of work. You have to show up for each other. You have to see each other. You actually have to interact with one another. And it can be hard, and it can be challenging. And so what is easier? Well, if you go to the cafeteria and you don't see anybody that you want to sit with, right? Or, I don't know if I have the energy to put it out there today, I'll just eat my lunch, I'll eat my meal here, and be on my phone. So easy to do. So in doing that, we're missing each other. We're missing the people that we're right next to in life, and we are not seeing one another. How can we reveal God to one another when no one's looking at you? How can we reveal God one, to one another when we don't even see what people need to hear, what they need to experience, that they need compassion or they need a word of forgiveness or they need acceptance or they need to, some help in service? If we're not seeing each other, we can't really be authentic followers of Jesus because we are not interacting. We're not even looking for each other. How can we find anyone and so when we hear this, when we hear this, where Jesus has found Philip, Philip has found Nathaniel, and together they are invited to follow Jesus to learn from Jesus. And Jesus says, Come and see, and you will see things greater than this. Well, we have to interact, and we have to open our eyes. And we have to put forth ourselves. I'm going to close with this excerpt. It's from the small group study by Adam Hamilton that we're starting here this next week. My group, the next week we start. And so Adam says this. God's primary way of ruling and acting on our planet is through people. When God wants something done in the world, God calls people to do it. When the poor are in need to be fed, God doesn't rain down manna from heaven, God sends people. When the sick are going to be cared for, God sends people. When justice is going to be sought, God sends people to fight for it. When others are discouraged and in need of love, God sends people to offer encouragement and care. In a sense, Adam writes, this is how it's always been in scriptures. When God wanted the Israelites set free from slavery in Egypt, God sent Moses. When God wanted to comfort the Jews living in exile, God prompted Jeremiah to prophesy. And when Jesus wanted the gospel to go to the ends of the earth, he sent the apostles. God's primary way of working in the world is through people, who are empowered and led by God's Spirit. You see? Amen.